of the time are on cardboard on corners in town Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must eat America back Patriots and Freedom Fighters, broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Elfon, Pennsylvania, the state of independence, worldwide as National Intel Report, live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 5 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and any place else you hear or see the show. Welcome to two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. I am your host of the evening, Peter Seraphine. In about 25 minutes, we've got Scott Thompson going to join us. Scott Thompson from Right to Bear Insurance. He will, He and I, well, we've already gone back and forth in email and figured out there's, there's a lot of Second Amendment stuff in the news that we can talk about, whether it's Hunter Biden getting indicted for gun crimes or a gun crime, the New Mexico governor trying to suspend the Second Amendment in Albuquerque, Albuquerque. Or, uh, I don't know, the Biden administration trying to shut down anybody that's got a federal firearms dealer's license. So, that's the bottom of this first hour. Then at the top of the second hour, uh, Paul Engel from ConstitutionStudy.com. Always fun to have that constitutional discussion. And before we get too far, I want to tell you. So, my new book, A More Tyrannical King, comes out in three days. Sunday, Sunday the 17th, Constitution Day. And just before I came on air, I uh, figured out how to do something that I've wanted to do, and that's a book giveaway. So you go to liberty-lighthouse.com. Go to my homepage. Right across the top of the homepage is a, a big button that says, win a book. Click that button, fill out that form, and I have... Uh, I've got books I'm going to give away. Whether it's the new one or one of my two older ones, I'm I'm going to draw a winner every week. Or, depending on how many people enter, maybe I'll draw more than one winner. But three books to give away, multiple copies of each. I'm going to be giving away books every week for the foreseeable future. So just go to liberty-lighthouse.com and click that big blue button at the top of the page that says win a book. Now, last week when I sat here in this chair behind this microphone, I had started to talk about the Supreme Court case from 1942, Willard v. Filburn. And I didn't get to all the points that I wanted to make. And I don't remember if that's because I, uh, you know, flaked out and just forgot or whether you, the wonderful callers, had called in and sidetracked me. But that brings up the point that this is a live call-in show. You can call in at 512-248-8252 to get on air. And if you don't want to get on air, but you still have something that you want to say, you can text that to me. You can text 64MyRights, which is 646-974-4487. And those are both United States phone numbers. So, you know, prefix of one if you're calling from outside the United States. And from the Twitch chat room, we got w 8 Greetings and welcome. Thanks for watching. So Willard V. Filbert, 
if you remember from last week, we talked about this briefly. Roscoe Filburn had grown more wheat than he was allowed to grow by some random federal regulation. And the Supreme Court said, oh, well, he grew this wheat. He did not put it on the market. He did not sell it. He was keeping it for, you know, seed for next year's crop and and uh, feed for his animals and for his own personal use. It was not for sale. But that didn't seem to matter to the Supreme Court. Yes, the government has the, the federal government can regulate interstate commerce, but this wasn't commerce at all. Roscoe Filborn specifically was not participating in commerce, and they still said he was at fault and fined. So if they can do that to this farmer, who's to say that, well, the federal government can't come around and say that you're not allowed to have crops, you're not allowed to have a garden, you can't plant a garden in your own backyard because if you plant a garden, then you are going to buy fewer vegetables and you will impact interstate commerce by your lack of participating in interstate commerce. Where is the limit on this? I mean, the court creates the overstepping the court creates the limits out of thin air out of nothingness so where where's it go where's it stop you might think oh they'd never do that well, there was another case in alabama supreme court case i forgot the name of it now but it was a barbecue restaurant and the barbecue restaurant didn't have any interstate customers they were local customers. I mean, if they had an interstate customer every once in a great while, it was complete, you know, happenstance, as they say. They didn't advertise out of state. They didn't participate in interstate commerce. But the Supreme Court said, nay, you do participate in interstate commerce because some of the goods that you buy, some of the produce that you buy comes from out of state. And the equipment that you bought to, to, uh, Equip your restaurant. Well, that came from out of state. Therefore, because at some point in the past, you participated in interstate commerce, well, then we can regulate your business. That's the the uh, progressive era Supreme Court for you. So like I asked just a moment ago, where's the limit? Is it crazy to think that our federal government will ban the sale of, of seeds for edible plants, ban the sale to private citizens like you and I, because if, if we grow our own corn and potatoes and tomatoes, then we won't buy them from the interstate market. We won't buy them from the overseas market. And therefore we are impacting the interstate and overseas markets. And therefore they think they can regulate it. This is the expansion of our federal government that's done not by the lawmakers, but by bureaucrats. Bureaucrats who sit in these offices and decide on what regulations to create. And then reaffirmed by our Supreme Court, the justices that are supposed to be independent and protect us 
from our overreaching federal government. They just go along with it. And in some cases, even expand upon it. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it has to do with government, the nature of government itself, which is the nature of man. Everybody wants more. Government wants more. Government wants more power. Government wants more control. Government grows and has to grow. Just like any living being, it has to grow. You know, for a majority of the history of our country, like for the last, or for the first, I don't know, 150, 200 years that we were a country, all government combined, local, county, state, and federal government combined, made up 10% of our GDP, our gross domestic product. 10%. Now, in the 21st century, all levels of government combined to make up about 50% of our GDP. That should be a, a giant waving red flag to everybody that government's gotten too big. 50% of our GDP is bureaucrats and regulatory groups and mailmen like me and parks people. What happened to the first 150, 200 years where that was only 10%? Oh, well, that was back when our, our country operated the way it was supposed to. That was, that was before the financial structure of our government was flipped on its head by the 16th Amendment and the creation of income tax, giving the federal government the, the right for the first time to reach down and tax us individually, reversing the flow of money making all of the tax revenue, or the vast majority of the tax revenue, flow to the federal government. And then the federal government divvies it back out to the state and local governments. It's exactly opposite of what it was before the 16th Amendment. And the powers that go along with that money, the carrot and the stick, our government uses that tax money to bribe and extort local governments, state governments into doing what, whatever it is that they want done. And again, for the first hundred or so years of our country, 150 maybe, the court kept them in check. The court stopped that. But now the court goes along with it. The progressive era from, from the Great Depression through the 1950s the progressive era of the court, anyway. The court automatically assumed that if Congress had passed a law, then, well, Congress had done the due diligence to figure out that it was a legal law. It was a constitutional law. And the court didn't even check it. We had almost 70 years in this country from the 1940s <clears throat> until almost 2000, 2010, where the Supreme Court didn't deem any laws passed by Congress as unconstitutional. None. 
So no wonder our government kept growing. There was nobody to challenge them. Nobody even tried. It all ties back to Willard V. Filborn in 1942. When the Supreme Court said, because you're not participating in interstate commerce, you are affecting interstate commerce. And therefore, we can regulate you. That is a gross perversion of our Constitution. A gross perversion of everything that is supposed to be American. And it just happened. And it happened over and over again in, in that 70 or so years. <sighs> Let me tell you about right-to-bear insurance. If you own a firearm, you need carry insurance, especially with the gun-grabbing nuts that we have running our government now where they will use any excuse they can to try to take your guns away from you. If you own a firearm, you need that carry insurance just in case you have to use that firearm because you will most likely be arrested and sued and charged with a crime even if you didn't do anything wrong. If some DA somewhere needs to make an example of you for using a firearm. And that's where Protect with Bear comes in. For as little as $11 a month, Protect with Bear, um, right to bear insurance, protectwithbear.com, will protect your legal rights in civil court and in criminal court. And give you psychological help if you need it after the lawful use of a firearm and replace your confiscated firearm after the lawful use of a firearm. Protectwithbear.com. Use code Lighthouse when you're there. Save you 10% on the already most affordable carry insurance on the market. I was a member before I became an, an affiliate, before they became a sponsor of the show. Highly, highly recommend Right to Bear Insurance. Protectwithbear.com. Code Lighthouse. So what is, what's it going to take, <clears throat> pardon me, what's it going to take to get our Supreme Court back doing what they're supposed to do? I don't have the answer to that. But even now, now that we have a conservative-leaning Supreme Court that seems to put out an occasional good decision, if you read the opinions, they're not making these good decisions the right way. They're not, they're not justifying their opinions based on what the Constitution says. They're justifying it based on other weird stuff. It's just not the best thing. You know. Anyway, this is a live call-in show. Don't forget, it's eight, uh, 512-248-8252, just like Andy in Texas on line one. Welcome to the show, Andy. Hey, so thanks for taking my call. You're saying, you know, all this the stuff that happened to us, uh, nobody stood up to it or whatnot. But we were indoctrinated from kids. Even our parents were and their parents were. You know, once they organized this entire government, the schools and whatnot, and they got the curriculum in, I mean... I, 
I'm not really sure when the Department of Education came in. You can bet they had some play in the education in the first place. But we've always been taught to be loyal to our country. I mean, we go to school every morning and you say the Pledge of Allegiance. I did it all the way through high school. Pledge of Allegiance every day when you got into the classroom. Unless, of course, you're late. You missed it. You know, and that happens. But, I mean, I mean, they've got us thinking. Then, and then the entire charade of the news and the fake news and commercials and stuff. Even going on today, they're, they're always talking about how brave our soldiers were. And our soldiers fought for nothing other than another corporation to get something that these people wanted. But they played it out on the news as though as if we were in, we're really screwed by these people. we got to go after bin Laden, who lives in a cave in Afghanistan, even though we found out, and this is in quotations, that there was 19 hijackers and 11 of them or something like that, where the, and so naturally we attacked Iraq. I mean, I mean, people can't put two and two together, and, 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 but they've got us all in, and look at what they're doing at these football games and stuff. Look at 9-11, Monday Night Football, they rolled out a huge flag out there, and they just played on everybody's hearts, and let's never forget. You know, I seen a meme the other day, it's got the two towers there, never forget, and it's got uh, Building 7, forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Andy, I got to slow down here, man. Um, all right. I, I gotta, I gotta push back just a little bit. I, I agree what you're saying about about the wars and Bin Laden, and we shouldn't be involved in ninety percent of the crap that we do in other countries. But but you can't blame the person who enlisted. Most of oh, the people who enlist, most of those soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines do it because they genuinely love our country, and most of them probably have a better understanding of of proper patriotism than than the average citizen out out there like you know I, I joined the navy straight out of high school i joined the navy and i did it because i was one of those people that believed that this is the the best country that's ever existed on planet earth and i at that time i i hadn't yet realized how far off the cliff we had gone from our founding but i still did it for the right reason and as far as education, you're absolutely right. The, the Department of Education, as it exists today, was signed into law by Jimmy Carter in 1979. Became in, it came into existence in 1980 under Ronald Reagan, which is interesting to look at because that's, what, 43 years now. 43 well, years. One, and it's uh, the young well, people that went through that Department asked. of Education they're the ones that are all commies and socialist and blue-haired and transgendered and, and everything else. And that's a learned behavior. But, hey, you're right about the military because you went in right after high school. I went in in junior high. I went on a split option training. Not junior high. Junior as a high school. My bad. Uh, I went in after my junior year because I was 18. I graduated in 19, so I was able to get my parents' consent, and I went into basic training as a junior. I right out of junior in high school, and then right out of senior in high school, I went to my uh, my uh, my schooling, which was a cook. And but I, when I went into the military, I certainly didn't think for one minute that I'd ever end up in a war because I went in at a peacetime, you know. And I, you know, I looked at it as an occupation. I'm going to learn how to cook. Well, and of course, the army. 
cooks basic stuff, so it wasn't how much. I mean, you learn all the basics. That was cool. But nonetheless, uh, as as being in the military, you never thought that any of this stuff was going to happen. And I did find out that a lot of people did join the military simply because they were patriotic. I looked at it as an option to college. And, you know, well, that's just my view at it, you know. I, I went into the Navy to learn something new because all I had done my whole life up to that point from 14 to 18 was work in restaurants. I learned went into the Navy to learn something new, and they made me a cook in the Navy. So there's something we have cool. in common. We have something in common, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I so, raised my right hand. I, I, I cooked on the USS Moynester. Um, anyway, what, I raised was my was, It's, it's a Knox-class okay. frigate. Okay. I, I raised my right hand, and I swore that oath on December 31st, 1990. I knew we were going to war when I enlisted, and I did it anyway. And I had to wait until I was 18. My parents wouldn't sign for me. I couldn't go when I was 17 or 17 and a half. I had to wait until after my 18th birthday to enlist. And my mom tried really hard to talk me out of it. And I, you went I, 1990, though, right? Yeah. December 31st, 1990, 15 days before okay. Saddam's get out of Kuwait deadline. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in December of 1990, I had, I had to fulfill my orders to go to Korea. I was in Korea during the first Gulf War, uh, <laughs> running a dining facility. And, uh, uh, it was, you know, everybody was, they were courageous. They were all patriotic. We had this little black and white TV over there that we they could watch in the, in the office when they were on the break or whatnot. And we all watched this whole flipping crap show go on, you know, and listen to all this stuff. And everybody started getting rumors going that, you know, they're, they're thinking about recycling everything. Because I was in a fifth of the fifth ADA in, uh, in Korea. And they were talking about how they're going to rotate people in there for this war and stuff and kids were excited i get a fight mm-hmm. for my country you know what i mean so uh, i was never I, excited it, I, I was never excited about it i i to me it was a duty to me it was it, it it was just something i felt i had to do i wasn't excited about the idea of going to war and i was fortunate enough that i didn't go i i was put on a training ship i never had to go over there i trained other people to go well, there you go. So you got some field cooking experience, too? I mean, are you, have you been a landing party, or have you always been in a kitchen? Always in a kitchen. I had a very cushy military service. And yeah, I, well, I, I, got, I, I, I went in in 84, and I got out in 92. Uh, I did eight years, and uh, it was the, probably the best thing I could have done as a young kid. Uh, even though, because as a young kid, when I went to basic training, I was like, wow, this is like having PE 24-7 yeah. and going to school the rest of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it was just it was deprivation of your body. I mean, they they bring you back at like 1230 at night from some range because somebody screwed up or they just kept us out there for the sleep deprivation. And now you got to get up at 430 in the morning. But guess what? You got to press your uniform for the next day. You got to polish your shoes. <laughs> you got to make sure you make your bed well in the next day. You know what I mean? So this was kind of for me at 17. I think it was 17. That was, it did, that's why I got my mom's permission. I think it was 17, but I still graduated 18 or 19. Uh, but the thing was, is that it was it was more fun than it was not. 
I didn't see it as I was training. To, I, I was like, hey, this is cool. I get to shoot guns. I shot a 50 cal, a 60. Uh, the M16A2 uh, came in right when I went into basic training instead of the M16A1. They had fired those, but we actually got transferred in my eight weeks there. They turned us over to the A2. And so it was very interesting. You got to throw a grenade. I mean, uh, they're much more powerful than what you see on TV. I mean, oh, yeah. you shake the ground. Oh, just, I mean, it's off the charts. The difference between what they show you in the movies and what you actually do. It was a really fun time for me. Looking back, it's probably the best thing I did. Besides coaching junior football, that really turned my life on. I really loved that. Well, military service is, is good for everybody who does it, in my personal opinion. Andy, thank you very much for your call. It is break time. We'll come back on the other side of the break. We've got Scott Thompson from uh, Right to Bear Insurance. Be back in three minutes. Attention, freedom-loving patriots. Are you ready to dive deep into the principles that founded our great nation? Join me, Peter Serkin, and the Institute on the Constitution as we light the way to a brighter future with the Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. At liberty-lighthouse.com classroom, you'll find a treasure trove of online courses on the U.S. Constitution, carefully crafted to empower you with knowledge to defend your rights and liberty, whether you're a student, a history enthusiast, or just a concerned citizen. These courses are for you. Gain a comprehensive understanding of our Constitution's principles, the wisdom of our Founding Fathers, and how to apply them in today's world. As a special offer to our freedom-loving listeners of Republic Broadcasting Network, use coupon code RBN at checkout and get 20% discount on any course. Join the Liberty Lighthouse Classroom and be a part of the movement to uphold the values that have made our nation exceptional. Unleash the power of knowledge and protect what truly matters, our Constitution. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com classroom today. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. Use code RBN for 20% off. Together, we'll be the beacon of freedom our founding generation envisioned. Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. Illuminating minds, empowering patriots. Hey, welcome back. I'm Peter Seraphine. Please, please remember that free speech is not free. Share out the show wherever you can. Tell your friends, your family. Send uh, send links out and uh, support this free speech network, whichever network this happens to be that you're listening on. And uh, let's see here. Uh, what I got to tell you? Hey, um, my book. I told you my brand new book, A More Tyrannical King, comes out on Sunday, Constitution Day. And I got my author copies the other day. And there's there's a fun, like, rubberized coating or something on the cover. It makes it feel silky, and it's just fun to touch. So if you want to pre-order your copy, I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, easiest thing I can tell you on the radio to do is go to my website, liberty-lighthouse.com, click on the Books tab, and you can get all three of my books there, A More Tyrannical King, so simple even a politician can understand and progress really those are my three books and i am doing a giveaway if you missed the opening of the show i'm doing a giveaway of all of them 
when you go to liberty-lighthouse.com right on the top of the homepage there's a win a book button hit that button right there i'm going to give out i'm going to be giving away books every week and uh i got a bunch so i'm probably gonna be doing that for a while i promised you when we came back from that short little commercial break that we'd have scott thompson from right to bear insurance and i don't make promises that i can't keep so uh without any further ado and now welcome to the studio ffl holder firearms instructor and representative for right to bear arms insurance and all-around badass scott thompson welcome to the show scott thanks for having me so we have we've kind of kicked around three different topics in the 2a community to talk about right now we got the biden administration trying to shut down the the uh, firearms dealers like yourself yep we got uh, the New Mexico governor who seems to think that the Second Amendment is optional. Yeah. And then we've got uh, most recently um, Hunter Biden being indicted on gun crimes. You want to yeah. spin the wheel of fortune or you got one in particular that you want to talk about? Well, let's start with um, let's start with New Mexico. OK. Uh, there's one thing I do agree with her. Hang on. Hold on. Before we talk, for those that may not have seen it yet. The purpose is to try to create a cooling off period while we figure out how we can better address public safety and gun violence. So that was the governor of New Mexico suspending the the, uh, Second Amendment, basically. No open carry, no concealed carry, with or without a permit in whatever county it is where Albuquerque is, because three kids were shot over the summer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she said she did make exceptions, like if you're law enforcement or a, I don't know, certified security personnel or something right. like that. But, you know, Joe Schmo, average citizen with or without a permit, not allowed to carry. Well, and, and what's interesting about that, I think, is um, they tr- the spin they tried to put on it when when pressed is that, well, the concealed carry and the constitutional carry, those are state laws and those are under the purview of the governor. So she can suspend state laws. No, she can't. But that would, even if she could suspend a state law, you can't suspend a state law that directly violates the U S constitution. Otherwise they would do that all the time. But, Um, but the one thing that I agree with her on that, that she's right is they have a crime problem. Of course, she wants to call it a gun crime problem, but they have a crime problem. And th- they should be addressing the criminals and not the law-abiding gun owners. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we keep hearing the same thing. We need to address the gun violence, the gun violence, the gun violence. It's not gun violence, violence. It's violence. Yeah. And if you have a violence problem, you address the violent people. You don't address those. If your car engine is knocking, you don't pull over and ask for your tires to be rotated. <laughs> it's, it's two separate things. I just came up with that. You like it? That was good. Um, so, so that's where we keep hearing this. We've got to stop. We've got to do something to stop this gun violence. No, you, you're right. You have to f- stop the violence. But the answer isn't to take away the guns from the law-abiding citizens who are trying to protect themselves from the criminals that the left keeps releasing from jail early on zero cash bail on on you know a revolving door that's become um public safety where it doesn't matter almost what your crime is 
you get booked in and you're right back out on the street without any consequence. Uh, but they want to put consequence on the law-abiding citizens. I didn't hear anybody calling to have uh, SUVs uh, suspended or sale when when the sick SOB up in, was it Minnesota or whatever, yes. yep. who, who ran over a Christmas parade. Correct. Like, and we've had quite a few examples of that. And and how many how many lives are killed every year by DUI? But I don't see them putting the in, uh, ignition interlock on, on everybody's car. Right, right. They 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 do it just on the targeted people who have violated the law. And if they would spend as much time, money, and effort on arresting the criminals who are creating the violence, then guess what? There would be less violence. No. But they look for excuses to not put them in jail and say, I, I recently heard, um, I forget which politician, say that police have no effect on crime. That's Whether funny. there are police or not, crime doesn't change because crime just happens. Mm-hmm. And But the reality is, is, guess what? All the people who are in jail are not committing crimes on the streets. Right. And so, it was New York City where they found out that like 20 people were committing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of robberies because right. because criminals repeat. They're repeat yes. offenders. And I used to say, even in my career, two decades with law enforcement, that 80% of the problems come from 20% of the population. Mm-hmm. And if you can identify them and, and take care, take action against them, um, then crime will will go away. New York City, equitable, right? Right. We can only have a certain number of people from certain groups right. that go in, and and then we have to cap it. But New York City, I went there in maybe two thousand eight. It was a beautiful city. Um, I felt safe at all times. I rode the subway. The subway was clean. Um, I didn't see any hookers, which was you know good. I know you were uh, disappointed. Yep, I, I didn't. <laughs> Didn't need the temptation, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but I didn't, you know, it was a clean place. And I've got a cousin who's in New Jersey right now, and he said he was thinking about last night going into the city. And I said, be safe, man, because it's New York City Times Square is not the place to be going right now. Yeah. Um, you're, you're just, you're, you're destined to become a victim. What's funny is I, um, I had family in, uh, I think it was Jersey City when I was growing up. So in the in the nineteen eighties I visited New York City. Yep. And it was, you know, trash and graffiti everywhere. Yes. And then I probably didn't go back again until like nineteen ninety nine. And I couldn't believe how clean it was. Yep. And 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 the you know, the street vendors are like, Hey man, you want to buy a watch? But but you say no when they leave you alone. It's not right. like they, they didn't pester you. Right. And yeah, it was it was a completely different city. Yep, and, and, and I and, haven't been back since probably '03. Yeah, I think it's probably back to the 1980s version, based it, on what I hear. It seems like it. And there there was a theory when you say there was graffiti everywhere. There was a theory of policing called the broken window theory. Yep, and if you took care of the small problems right away, then you could get rid of the big problems before they happened. Yeah, because no one. Because nine, you know, most criminals don't just jump out and and commit armed robbery as their first offense. Correct, correct. It's it's a buildup of other things, and now we're going the opposite way. 
uh, where we're looking at people who are homeless, living in the streets, open air drug markets. They're doing all these things and the windows are all broken. Um, It's it's not good. We need someone to to address it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Let's see here. What about uh, what's his face? Hunter. Hunter Biden. Now you just hypothetical here. You are a a a federally licensed firearms dealer. Yes. What's the punishment if I lie on that background check form? You know, I believe it's up to ten years in prison. Up for for lying on that. And here's the thing: how often do they catch someone lying? Not very often because. There are there are things that have to happen for it. This guy wrote a book. He wrote a book about <laughs> what he was doing at that time that made him not qualified to have that gun. And now the media is saying, well, he only had it for, I think, 11 or 18 days. I saw that in an article earlier today. And it's, yeah, they're right. He only had it for 11 or 18 days because he threw it, it in the dumpster. He didn't. His his girlfriend threw it in the dumpster because she didn't want him to have a gun. And so she threw it into a dumpster by, near a school, uh, which is one of the most unsafe things you can do uh, because you have people that dumpster dive all the time. And, and finding a gun uh, is pretty much a, a good good day at the at the dumpsters. But, you know, she knew that he shouldn't have a gun and she threw it away. And and so so. That investigation should have taken all of 25 minutes. When you have the form, you have the book, and it should have been wrapped up. And we almost ended up in a situation where it timed out because of statute of limitations. The statute of limitations on that is five years, and it runs out in October. So if it hadn't been for the judge pushing for something, I don't. I think they would have let that expire and said, oh, we lost track of time. We really can't do anything now. Um, so fortunately, the judge was was pushing on that, and, and he was indicted for a felony finally. All right. Well, here in uh, in twenty in fiscal year 2019, uh, the same year that Hunter Biden did that, the federal prosecutors received 478 referrals for lying on form 4473 <laughs> and they only filed 298 of those cases. Yep. Now think about this. 2019 was right before COVID. Mm-hmm. There were 4 million, I believe around 4 million gun purchases made in the United States. So of those, look how small, of, of a referral rate that is, I mean, that that's minuscule. Um, and, and the, the actual charging, but this guy wrote a book and, and, you know, there's videos of him doing drugs and he was kicked mm-hmm. out of the military for doing drugs. And mm-hmm. there's, I mean, if ever there was a case of being caught red handed, I mean, this, this is it. Yeah. And I, I did it. Skipped, skipped away. And, and the, the sentence is now up to 15 years. Okay, it's 15. Wow. Well, well <laughs> let's see what the justice system gives him, uh, because I can't, I can't believe there's a jury 
in the world that doesn't find him guilty. And I'd be surprised if he even goes, um, if he has the option of going for a, a trial by judge, not by jury, I imagine he'll take that. Um, but I can't imagine being found not guilty of that. Yeah, no, so, I mean, yeah, it'd be really hard. I mean, especially when somebody can just go out and buy a copy of your book and you go, um, right, right here, when, when was this written? Right, yeah. Really? Yeah. And it's it's almost like I mean it's it's comical. It's almost like, yeah, the day that I bought the gun, I smoked some crack. Uh now, <laughs> it wasn't quite that clear and obvious, but I, I'm joking a little, but it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's almost as crazy as getting a Porsche and then filming yourself doing like hundred and fifty miles an hour down the road while smoking crack. Yeah. How would we do yeah. that? Oh yeah, do that. a crackhead would do that. Yeah, and you know the police in certain jurisdictions have scoured YouTube and found people speeding on motorcycles who have filmed themselves, and they've gone and arrested them for reckless driving. And I don't recall that happening in in this instance. Right. Um, it's weird. I don't know if there's any type of privilege or. No. Uh, any type of favoritism being shown. No. Um, but it, it's, it's certainly got me scratching my head. White privilege doesn't exist. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> boy, he's making that case for that, isn't he? <laughs> he's the poster child for privilege. Yep. All right, what was the other one? The other one is the FFLs, that the, the oh, Biden yeah. administration. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I just got my FFL um, two years ago. And even at that time, when, when they came and did the interview with me, he told me, don't make any mistakes. Because as, as it is right now, even if it's an innocent clerical mistake, we are told first time to close the FFL, to, 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 to revoke the license, um, where it's never been that way before. Because, you know, I know somebody, we were talking stuff recently and in one year, he's done 2,000 gun transactions. Um, and I know the gun store. It doesn't seem like a busy gun store, but, you know, it, it's regular steady uh, mm-hmm. thing. In 2,000, you're going you're gonna to have a date where you, you, you put the, you know, the wrong date by mistake, um, where, you know, it, it was January 5th and you put 22 instead of 23 because you're not right. used to it yet. Those little things that used to be, hey, just correct them. And, and you're fine. Now it's, oh, hey, you, you put the wrong date on here. I'm sorry. We have to revoke your license. I and, briefly considered getting the collector's FML. Yep. I yep. have, um, I, well, I've got a 110-year-old Mosin Nagant. Oh, wow. And uh, 100 and, I forget. I don't know. It's a, a Winchester 1841. Um I don't remember what year it was manufactured, but it was a model 1841 and then a 1913 Mosin Nagant. And, you know, I've, I've got some pretty old guns. That's very cool. I shouldn't be saying that out loud because none of those have been, you know, like transferred because they were all private sales in a state that doesn't right. require transfers. Yep. Dang it. I just outed myself. Now the government knows I own those two guns. So in there, <laughs> those are the only two old right. guns I own. <laughs> Are those the guns that you were telling me you were out fishing with some friends last weekend and they fell overboard? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and that brings up something else. You, you brought up the, 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 the private sale. 
you know, that's another thing that the the ATF now is being sued for is because they're trying to close what they call the gun uh, the loophole, the gun show loophole. And what most people don't realize is 95 percent of the guns at a gun show have a background check done. There are some states like Florida where you can do a private sale and you don't have to do a background check. And and at the gun show, that doesn't happen out on the floor. They don't rent a table. They're not selling guns. It's a guy walking around usually with a sign says, you know, have a gun for sale, have a gun for sale. And someone will say, hey, I'm interested in your gun. They'll go out in the parking lot and do the sale. It's no different than if I met my neighbor and said, hey, I've got this old gun. I don't want it. I'll sell it to you. It's private property. One of the one of the biggest gun shows in the state of Pennsylvania is, you know, eight or ten miles from me uh, twice a year, and um, which reminds, it's this weekend. I have to go. Um, <laughs> they they have booths or tables inside the show that are run by dealers, and there's booths or tables that are run by private citizens, and the private citizens ones. It's up to them whether or not you do a background check. And most of them do. Yeah. And I, 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 one of the, one of the rifles that I have, um, I'm talking with the guy. Actually, I think I was texting with him. And I, I, I want to buy this thing, and and he's got it for sale, and it's a great price. And I'm like, all right, do we have to do a, uh, are you know, we going to meet at a dealer and do a do a background check? And he goes, are you okay with that? I'm like. Well, I'd rather not, but it's your choice. You're the owner. If you want to do it, we have to do it. He goes, okay, then never mind. He just wanted to know that I was okay okay with it. Right. Because he said the last guy he was talking to was like, you know, you don't have to do that. No, no, I don't want to do it. And and which made him go, nope, I'm not selling you my gun then. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like the me doth protest too much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Here in my state, my, my state, you know, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, if I sell a handgun, I still have to do a background check. Private even, sale. Even a private sale okay. of a handgun. But a long gun, you don't have to in a okay. private sale. Um, oh, you want, <laughs> you, want to, you want to hear a fun loophole? I do. I like fun loopholes. So for some strange reason, black powder weapons, you don't have to do background checks for. Yeah. Long guns or handguns. Hmm. So if I go buy a Let's say a Navy 1851 black powder 45 caliber revolver. I don't have to do a background check. Hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure you can buy a replacement cylinder. Oh, yeah. For that, for that model 1851 revolver. Yeah. That converts it to a 45 long Colt. Yeah. And you don't have to do a background check when you buy that replacement cylinder. Yeah. No, I'm sure that somewhere buried in the annals of law, it's probably illegal to put that cylinder in that gun. Right. But Just you, like, can, you can buy both of them legally without a background check. And I know what you're going to say. Just like fully auto conversion kits. Well, no, I was going to say just like the brace, a pistol brace. Oh, yeah. You know, just take it off, put it in your sock drawer. The ATF said that's what you do. You just take it off and put it in your sock drawer, and you'll be fine. You can own it. You just can't put it on the gun. Yep. Yep. So The fully automatic conversions for AR-style rifles are the same way. You can buy them. You just can't use them. But you can't install it. If you install it, you're breaking the law. 
Yep. And and just like there was that guy that created the little card that you could punch out the pieces, you could adapt your gun with it and it would become a fully automatic. They shut him down even from selling them. And it's like, well, wait a minute. This this is just a card that's been cut into certain uh-huh. ways that whatever they do with it, they do with it. Um, but it's Not funny. Like it gives them instructions. Right. And and it's so funny because in early on in my career, we had a statute um, excessive lighting on your vehicle and people would put the lights on their uh, uh, windshield washers and on the sides and they'd have a bunch of lights and you know, we would pull them over and, and just, you know, it was a good way to, to get into some stuff. And they'd always, yeah, but I just bought these at, at, you know, at AutoZone. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, look at the package. It says cannot be used on public property in some states or, or public roadways in some states. So if you want to go to the car show and park it, you're good to go. But once you get on the road and they're like, man, we got to put a switch on it so we can turn them off when we see you. I was like, <laughs> hey, try it out. Uh, I know. So, so the Biden administration is, is like fully targeting the, the gun dealers. They're also pushing for the, was it thousand percent excise tax? Yes. On firearms. Yes. How are these not unconstitutional infringements? I mean, and they are, and the Supreme court has ruled that they are. And I, I just feel like they're, they're testing us. They're pushing us further and further. So if they go so far that we'll go, you know what? That's so wrong, but we'll accept that we can't buy AR 15s anymore, but nope. let us have something. But that's what they're looking for. If we go so far, then maybe they'll accept something that we already want. And that's why it's a, such a slippery slope. A lot of these gun regulations, and you look at what some of these people are doing. One of the things the governor of New Mexico said is the Constitution is not absolute. Right. My, she said she even said her oath of office isn't uh-huh. necessarily absolute. And it's like, really? Then, yep. then maybe you should leave because I'm pretty sure the oath of office says that you will uphold the Constitution of the United States. That's what I don't get from these people. Like, of the men in that convention that wrote that constitution, 25 of them were attorneys. Right. They know how to say, except under these other circumstances, you have the right to free speech, except during a time of war. Right. Yeah. You, you have a right to keep and bear arms, except if the murder rate goes too high. Right. Right. They could have done these things. Well, and I heard an interesting argument that they're playing with with the ar-15s so the ar-15s they keep saying well no one needs a weapon of war these are weapons of war which no military has ever issued ar-15s but here nor there they keep saying weapons of war and then there was a ruling um, and i forget what ruling it was i want to say it was in the 80s where it came down to that the second amendment was for the preservation of the government tyranny so it, it's it was only weapons of war that were really covered. Like mm-hmm. you would need to have weapons of war to fight against the government if the tyranny were to occur. So on one side, the argument is, well, it only applies to weapons of war. And then on the other side, they go, no, it doesn't apply to weapons of war. And they don't know which way they're arguing. They're just arguing in circles. Whatever fits their cause at the moment is what they're arguing. And that's that's scary because it's an absolute right it says shall not be infringed it doesn't say should not be infringed 
It doesn't say we really shouldn't do it unless, like you said, unless there's something. Avoid infringement. Yes. Shall not. Uh, Well, it's just like, you know, the First Amendment. It says Congress shall make no law. Right. Respecting freedom of judicial. It doesn't say except. It doesn't say, like, they knew how to do that in 1878. Right. These, these were attorneys. Right. And, and, and they probably thought, you know what? The future generation will know what our intent was, and they're going to uphold what we've done here today because what we've done here today has created the greatest nation in the world. And people will always know what our intent was and will always know what we've done. They'll never stray. Mm-hmm. And, boy, some of them are turning in their graves. Yeah, hey, my, one of my projects, because I, you know, I, whatever, apparently I hate spending time with my wife or doing anything <laughs> sitting in this little studio. Um, one, of the, one of my newer projects is I'm, I'm putting together the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, and the Virginia Ratification Debates into one book. Excellent. With footnotes tying to you know like shall not be infringed okay you know yeah you know a well-regulated militia footnote yes let's do the virginia ratification debates about militia um the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed in footnote go see the federalist paper number whatever like in tying it all together so that we can actually understand because i i personally i think those three things the Federalist papers, anti-federalist papers, and the ratification debates are really the first place we should look anytime we want to know what they were thinking. Of course. Of so, course, because that was the debate that led to the compromise, which was mm-hmm. the, the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights. Which, you know, if I lived at the time, I probably would have been on Madison's side saying, no, we don't need a Bill of Rights. The Constitution lists these 16 things. Right. <laughs> They can't do anything but these 16 things. A Bill of Rights might be dangerous because we might miss something or whatever. Like, you know, I probably would have been on Madison's side. Yep. Thank God for Patrick Henry and Mason. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. I mean, it it is it is dangerous. And and look at even you talk about the First Amendment, the, the freedom of the press. Is the press really free when the Biden administration lawyer has now reached out to the press and said, you need to go after this impeachment stuff. Mike, you mean the government is reaching out and telling private companies what to do? Say it isn't. Uh, Scott, hey, thank you very much. Time's up. Got to let you go. All right. It's Scott Thompson from from Right to Bear Insurance. Protectwithbear.com. Use code Lighthouse when you're there. Save yourself 10%. And the three-minute break on the other side. Paul Engel from ConstitutionStudy.com. Be back in three minutes. Take 
I'd been sleeping on a MyPillow pillow for years. And a couple of years ago, I tried the MyPillow towels, soft and absorbent, wonderful bath towels. Recently, I got the My Giza Dream Sheets, and they are by far the best quality bed sheets I've ever owned. And well, the quilt is pretty awesome, too. New products being added all the time at MyPillow.com, including sandals and slides and pajamas and, well, everything that you need for sleeping. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com to save yourself up to 66% off. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Welcome back, Patriots and Freedom Fighters. It's the top of the second hour of National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and any place else you hear or see the show. Uh, I'm going to say this at the beginning of every segment tonight. My new book, A More Tyrannical King, How Our Federal Government Has Become More Tyrannical Than uh, More Oppressive Than King George, comes out on Sunday, Constitution Day. And uh, please... Please run out and pre-order it. And also, if you want to risk it, if you want to hazard a chance at possibly winning a free book, I have all three of my books uh, up for raffle, I guess you could say. You go to liberty-lighthouse.com, click the win a free book button right on the top of the homepage there, and I'm going to give out books every week. I, I recently, my author copies of the new book came and then I realized, man, I've got a lot of freaking books. So I'm going to start giving some of them away. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com, click that win a free book button right at the top of the page. And I promised you Paul Engel from the Constitution study at the top of this hour. And oh, look, there's Paul Engel. Oh, I know. Seeing my face is enough to scare anyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Paul. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Pete. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. You've got... Uh, Something new going on over at ConstitutionStudy.com beginning on Constitution Day, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. My Patriot program is finally ready to go. It starts with a boot camp. It, it's a one-hour video I recorded of one of my boot camps, and it's the starting point. So uh, 8 a.m. on Constitution Day, uh, you can, you'll find it on the website, ConstitutionStudy.com, and you take the the... the the, you watch the video, uh, there's slides, there's a PDF of the slides you can download, and you take a little test. You just make sure you're paying attention. And that then you'll receive an invitation to join the Patriots program. And that's where I've got, there's three tracks in the Patriots program. You're welcome to join any one or all three. Um, it's a, there's an education track, there's a, a communication track. And there's an activation track. And there's more information. You can find out more at constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. Nice. So, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. By the way, I've been wanting to tell you, I know you were working on your website or you're going to be working on your website. I've been there a little bit. 
I can never get your website to load properly on my phone. I wanted to tell you that since we met. <laughs> and I keep forgetting, but now that you mentioned your website, it popped into my head. Sorry to do that on air. <laughs> well, yeah, I did just redo it. I've got a whole new theme. Uh, so it should be more responsive, hopefully. Let me know. Okay. But here's the other thing is I've added some interesting sections. So uh, it's more of a news site than just a here's my stuff. So you can still get all my articles and videos, but I've got here's the news that I'm looking at, the stuff I'm interested in. Uh, here is the episodes from the radio program that you may want to follow. Uh, the interviews, right? When I'm doing an, uh, uh, interviews and I can get links to the recordings, they'll be on there. So it's, I'm trying to make it more of that one-stop shop for everything that goes on in this twisted mind of mine. Yeah, well, I'm happy to share the interviews that you do with me every <laughs> once a month. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we've got phone calls piling up. Um, you mind if we uh, take some phone calls? Go right to the phones. I know. We, what do people want to know about? We don't have a whole lot of time together, so I don't want <clears> to uh, spend it all on phone calls. Uh, Sarah in Oregon, line one. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hey, 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 um, everyone. Republic Broadcasting Network is $2,000 behind, so everybody get a recurring donation. and. Donate to Republic. And also, please share the show out. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, Republic Broadcasting, you know, since the the, uh, the passing of our founder, the, the network is, and well, Mojo 5 Radio as well. Both Mojo 5 Radio and Republic Broadcasting both lost their founders in the last couple of years, and both have had, well, turbulence in the financial world after the, the passing of their founders. So they both could use your help. That's uh, republicbroadcasting.org and mojo50.com, mojo50.com. Uh, Gregory in California on line three. Welcome to the show, Gregory. Yeah, hello, man. Thank How you, you doing? so much for taking my call. I'm, I'm kicking. I'm still breathing, I think. They, uh, I, I have to tell you, anytime I get a call from California, I have to wonder if it's going to be a uh, a liberal nut job calling in to bust my chops. Oh, I'm liberal, and I'm a well. When I was running for office up in Nevada, when I used to uh, dwell there, I ran under uh, the uh, Independent Party, and my platform was <laughs> liberal conservative, meaning liberal in copious amounts of freedom and conserving it with the Constitution. But I've changed my mind since then. Thank you to Michael Gaddy. Have you ever listened to Michael Gaddy? You know, I haven't. And you're the second person has said, who's told me I need to listen to Michael Gaddy. So I guess well, one of I these... Well, I tell you what, man. He has nailed it. I mean, along with uh, Roger Sales, I, I really do concur with a lot of what he has to say as well. But Michael Gaddy, uh, well, even before I started listening to him, I, I did you know I started two parties? I've got two parties uh, that I've started, political parties. And uh, the one is the Articles of Confederation Party, because that's the party that actually won the war between uh, England and the so-called states. It wasn't until they adjourned in some building for 50-some-odd days, uh, sweating and sweltering, that they 
pinned out this con sit, or I could say something worse than that, tuition that uh, we're under. But uh, the other party, yeah, hold on, stop the party right there, that I'm participating in right hold now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a reason that those men went into that room for 50 days and sweat and argued and screamed and hollered and did what they did. There's, there's, you're not the first person who's called into the show and, and suggested that the Articles of Confederation were superior to the Constitution. But <clears throat> if you look at history, there was literal armed revolts going on in our country under the Articles of Confederation. There was massive inflation in one state, but not the state next door, under the Articles of Confederation, because each state printed their own money, and they didn't have to tie it to gold or anything like that, kind of like today. So there were massive, massive shortcomings of the Articles of Confederation. Well, those are things that could have been uh, uh, ironed out. Oh, really? Really? Uh, Currency is the current problem. Of course, we've uh, been currently coerced into the, uh, you know, federal reserve system. But all those men who got together to iron out the problems, the first thing they did was say, well, there ain't no way we can fix this crap. Let's write something new. Actually, it's no way we can fix this crap. Hey, states have sent us. Can we write something new? And the state says, if we get to approve it first. Right. But they weren't allowed to. I mean, they were kind of bullied into, uh, you know. But they didn't have to ratify it. Get rid of this and and you'll get, we'll let you loose out of this hot, sweltering building after you sign your your children's life away. And and then the Constitution got tempted. I mean, especially listening to just a couple of his programs, they're so... I mean, he's got to document it. These are what was coming out of these morons' mouths at the time. And it, it's uh, quite fascinating. It really opened my mind, and I really had to say, I'm sorry I'm wrong about a bunch of stuff. Man, I used to go out and hand out the constitutional uh, handbook and, and uh, citizens' rule books and, and preach how wonderful the Constitution was, but when... I mean, and then you look at, uh, what was that treaty with King Georgie Porgy? Uh, the Treaty of Versailles or whatever it was. I mean, it gave him all the power. <laughs> we just, uh, we won the war, but we just bellied up and you just do whatever you want. And yeah, we'll just go along with it. I mean, I, I get so frustrated on this poopy. It's, it's mind boggling. Anyways, I can see. Uh, love you all much and and much freedom, much truth, and that will set you free. Tally ho. Tally ho, Gregory. Thank you very much. You know, one of the things I teach in the boot camp is um, find original sources. Don't take someone's word for it. Find the original source. Learn from the horse's mouth, not the other end. And a lot of what uh, Gregory was saying, I've heard a lot of places, but I've never found someone that could give me a document or a a citation that said, well, here's where this happened. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see. You know, if he's if he's if, you know, he can't he doesn't even know which treaty ended the Revolutionary War that he claimed gave all the power to the king of Great Britain. 
um, you know, that that the the Articles of Confederation, which, by the way, almost helped lose us the, the Revolutionary War because the states refused to meet their, their they would pledge money to the army and then not pay it. Mm-hmm. So you want Valley Forge was in large part because of the Articles of Confederation. Now, there were some good things about the Articles of Confederation, uh, and there were some things I wish we had kept. But to simply claim that the Constitution is a piece of trash, what what in there is, is, is trash? And if it's trash, guess what? We can fix it. It right. was almost <laughs> impossible to change the Articles of Confederation uh, we've we've changed the Constitution thirteen times. I'm sorry, twenty seven times. Get my numbers right. Twenty seven times. <laughs> oh, and that's the other. One. We're going to get. We'll, we'll probably get a call tonight while you're here that talking about the uh, the Bill of Rights as being individual articles, not amendments. Uh, that it was ten <laughs> articles of one amendment. I, I I have that conversation on the show regularly too, mm-hmm. and and my rebuttal is always, well, it started as fifteen, and then well well. No, no. Madison proposed fifteen. Yes, fifteen. And, there were fifteen then, proposed. Then twelve the made it through Congress. There were twelve that were agreed to by the Senate, and there were ten that were ratified by the states until right. 1992, when they ratified the eleventh, which would have been the first. Right, which would have been the first. <laughs> it was the first proposed. It was the last so far ratified. Which is funny because if you know all these people that say. You know, the First Amendment is first because it was it's the most important. No, it was nope. actually third. Yes. Uh, the, the First Amendment didn't get ratified until 1992. The Second Amendment never was ratified. Correct. <laughs> the Third Amendment is our current first. Well, the third article, right? Because right. it was the articles that were proposed to amend the Constitution. They became amendments when they were ratified. Right. The other one I love is people who say that the Bill of Rights doesn't apply to the states. Somehow it those didn't. 10 amendments are different than the other 17, even though the Article 5 specifically says any amendment to the Constitution is as much a part of the Constitution as the rest of it once it's ratified by the states. Hmm. Right. No, so, so this is when, when wording matters. So when you get to the First Amendment, for example, it says Congress shall make no, no law, which... On a sidebar, I think it could have just stopped right there. (laughs) (laughs) But Congress shall make no law respecting the blah, blah, blah. And then in the Second Amendment, it says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So the First Amendment, by the way it was written, did not apply to the states. In fact, at the time that it passed, several states had state religions. But and that's why the First Amendment is worded that way, right. because the states still wanted to have state churches. The, the, these, the, the, our, you know, the First Amendment, which covers, not, not as, you know, we, we think of it as five separate freedoms, but they all around this, this idea of conscience and the ability to express that, your, what, what your thoughts. You know, it's the, the, the conscience uh, uh, clauses. And there's a reason why they said this is not something the federal government should be dealing with, but it's something the states can deal with and let the states alone. But then when you get to the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment doesn't say Congress can't take take this right away from you. It says shall not be infringed. Correct. And since since the Constitution is the supreme law of the land and every judge in every state is bound to it, Article 6, Clause 2, 
That means every judge in every state that says, well, the Second Amendment says that, but the Supreme Court has has now violated their oath of office. That is bad behavior, which means they should be removed. Right. I, and that's let's talk about that for a minute. This whole sure. impeachment thing. Um, <clears throat> we had the, you know, two impeachments of Trump. And now the impeachment inquiry for Biden. And in my recent studies, I have come to think that impeachment should be used a lot more frequently. And let me explain why. And it requires me to open up my Noah Webster 1828 dictionary app on my phone. <laughs> but I can't spell, so it still takes me a minute. So the, uh, the Constitution says high crimes, treason. Treason, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors. High crimes and other misdemeanors. Yes. Right. So when we think misdemeanor, we think, what, low-level crime, right? Right. But that's not what it meant. Noah Webster, 1828 Dictionary, the dictionary that was written for the purpose of preserving the meaning of the words in the Constitution. That's what the the preface of the of the dictionary says. Ill behavior, evil conduct, fault, mismanagement. In law, an offense of less atrocious nature than a crime. High crimes and misdemeanors. Oh, misdemeanors can. Includes things that aren't necessarily crimes. True. So by that definition, the meaning of the word at the time the Constitution was written, which is really the only meaning that matters, we should be doing a lot more impeachment. I, I would take it. I, I agree. Uh, the, the, the purpose of impeachment is to it's a check on the other two branches of government to make sure that if they behave badly, since the other two branches of government do not, contrary to popular opinion, do not uh, are not chosen by the people regularly, we need a way to keep them in check. So the solution was the one true representative branch of government has a process to remove somebody who is acting evilly, someone who's acting badly. And... Right. We, you know, the other thing we think about is I always look at federal judges because federal judges have an even lower standard for removal from office. Just bad behavior. Right, right, right. They, it, they serve for good behavior, not life tenure. Ex- yeah. Good behavior. So you, which is why I say, you know, I've got reasons to impeach all nine justices in the on the Supreme Court. Because all of them, to one extent or another, have behaved badly on the court. That include you know Thomas yes uh, and, and and all of them now I I would give you know with, with was it Katanji Brown has already started to show her bad behavior um, she started during the selection process <laughs> yeah but uh, what was the other ladies I'm sorry I'm drawing a blank on her name the one just before her um Oops. no the the one that that the last one that Trump appo- uh, appointed um, she's been. Yeah, you know, some good, some bad, you know, but uh, again, to a certain degree. But 
the fact that the judges are not afraid of losing their job if they behave badly, I think, is why we end up with such tyrannical judges. And and why would they? But why would they think that? I mean, because we've been surely our country has a vast history of impeaching federal judges for misbehavior. I mean, actually, I think in the was it the late 1700s, early 1800s, there actually was a judge who was impeached for being intoxicated while off duty because they were concerned that I would expose him to um, extortion. They said, if you if you cannot maintain control of yourself off duty, you could be extorted and we wouldn't want that. So they, uh, you know, it was there's a, there's a lot of history behind that. And let's face it. We're all taught in school that judges have lifetime appointments, even though it's not true. But it's the the fact that we don't teach the language of the Constitution in in public schools. We don't teach it in private schools. We don't teach it in law schools. No wonder we have no clue what it says. In the entire history of our country, 15 federal judges have been impeached. Eight were convicted and removed from office. Mm -hmm. 240... 236 years since the signing. Okay. So, yeah, so it's actually 230, 235 uh, since the government was formed. It's the first elections, right? Okay. Which was, uh, you know, 1788 and uh, 1789 is when the federal government was actually formed. And we've we've impeached 15 judges. It's what Jefferson Water. He said it would be a straw man. It, it would not be used because the thing with this way, you're a politician um, an impeachment used against someone of your party or against, against uh, even someone of another party could just as easily be used against someone of your party. And but some of them are blatant. I mean, oh, not to pick on, you know, speak ill of the dead, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg in oh, yeah. an interview was asked <clears throat> if you were to form your own government right now, what country would you look at for a constitution of which to base it on? And the first thing out of her mouth was, well, not ours. <laughs> she took an oath to support it, but I don't want any. You shouldn't follow it. Look at Roberts. Roberts is the only justice I know that bo- wrote both the decision and the dissent to the same case. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? <laughs> I was- Judge Chief Justice Roberts wrote the opinion and a dissent to the exact same case. What case? The Affordable Care Act. He wrote them both. He did. How did I know? Now, he, I don't think he was the only dissent, but he wrote the opinion, and he wrote one of the dissents to the same case. Talk about being double-minded. You know, I, I said earlier in the show, um, one of my latest projects, and probably the biggest project I've ever undertaken, is... I, I'm I'm putting together a book, and it's all, you know, public domain information. It's it's the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, including all of the amendments and the preamble to the Bill of Rights, which I didn't even know existed. <laughs> um, the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, and. The Virginia ratification debates. Yeah, 
the Virginia Ratification Convention debates. I want to okay. put them all together in one. What? what why just Virginia? Only I, I I chose Virginia only because Madison's notes. Madison okay. was was just <clears throat> such a diligent note taker. Yeah, and and he did such a great job of documenting it. Yes, there's some other there's great stuff in in some of the other states, but unless I want to write a book that's three times the size of the Bible, <laughs> I, I I figured I should probably pick to just one state. <laughs> if you're gonna pick one, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, the the you know this sounds easy. You know, copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. But but I want to footnote it all. I I want to read. I'm like I'm seriously want to look through the, like read the Constitution line by line and say, oh, that goes to here and point to you know the every every line will probably have you know see this. Federalist paper, and then this anti-Federalist paper, and then this page of the of the Virginia debate. So, like, there's going to be multiple footnotes for like every paragraph of the Constitution. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, oh my so God. I, yeah, I want to do something to similar. People, hold on. Can you hold on for the three minutes of the break and come back on the other side? Yeah, three minute break. Love you guys. Twas the night before Christmas, the kids snuggled asleep in their beds when you heard a loud rumble like Santa and his sled. So you went downstairs to take a peek, get a look. You were confronted by this creep, a crook. He drew his weapon, but you fired first. And now this creep could take all your worth. Secure your family with Right to Bear Insurance. Plans start at $10.95 a month with civil and criminal defense coverage options up to $2 million. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash right to bear to learn more or sign up and start protecting what you have now. They railed against the crowd Another ragtag band Declaring I will say of uh, National Intel Report, live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network. I held over Paul Engel from the last segment just because it, the break snuck up on me. I have no horrible time management skills of your host here tonight. I wanted to give him an opportunity to wrap things up. And, and uh, well, you know, the floor is yours, Mr. Engel. Well, you were talking about your book, and, and my next large project, if I can find a publisher for it, is to actually take the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers side-by-side side, topically. So what did one side think? What did one side say? What did the other side say? And then, uh, you know, so that someone could say, I'm curious about the courts, or I'm curious about taxation, and they could find that topic and read what both sides said in those papers. I think that'd be uh, a useful tool for people that really want to deep down study what uh, what the framers were thinking when they drafted this stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to create. Is warped mind, warped minds think alike, and we just—it's—it's a lot of work. I mean, there's 85 Federalist Papers 
and I, so far I've only figured the was it sixteen Brutus and five Cato papers. I'm not even. There's a lot more anti-federalist stuff out there, but I'm just going with the ones that were published in the paper under those names. Mm-hmm. And then the the ratification debates is, I don't know, a hundred pages. I, I I haven't even looked at how many pages. And then to go through and read it and go, okay, well, this ties to this and this ties to this and and tie it all together. I mean, it's going to be a huge undertaking to get this well, done. When I did my first book, uh, you know, with the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, so about a 30-minute read for the documentation. It took me two years. to took me a whole year to write. took me another year to get edited, copyrighted, and, and, and eventually published. You're right. It's a lot of work to do the, this type of stuff. But I enjoy it. So I, I guess would, you call it labor of love. I wouldn't say enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I always learn something, and I love learning things. So. I do love learning. I don't like when my wife gets mad at me because of the blank stare when I'm, I'm going, oh, really? I'm like, oh, <laughs> and the wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, reading the anti-federalist papers. <laughs> anyway thank you very much for your time paul i kept you longer than i promised i'll see you next month great we'll see you then thanks peter thank you and looking over here in the video chats i uh i've been neglecting them for a little while i'm terribly sorry about that we got truth seeker donald the second amendment a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed and then a second message i'm assuming for the point of emesis being necessary to the security of a free state absolutely right oh uh, we got uh let's see here uh, when it was written americans were nationals also not just subject citizens that's right we uh the whole american nationalism thing kind of came out during that time it was part of the revolution it was Hey, we're not just your subjects. We're over here in the new world. We're we're kind of creating our own place over here. We got uh, oh, what's that? Bob, I can't even read that name. It's just way too long. But there's the sub genius on it. It says, "Howdy, gents. Do you guys read this?" And yes, we do. We're a little slow. If you've never done this before, if you've never tried to host a live late radio program with live call-in guests and live guests on screen with you as well as live chats coming in on the video chats and live chats coming in and text messages it's a lot to try to keep up with so uh, please be patient yes we do read them let's see here and speaking of live calls mark in florida is on line five welcome to the show mark oh thanks for letting me in i just wanted to step in real quick i believe all of government's it's a criminal enterprise designed to rob the government. Uh, I could substitute government for bank because it's designed to rob the people of everything they have. And there's enough evidence of the governor of Michigan, the governor of Tennessee, the governor of New Mexico, governor of California, you name them. Every city council, every council, they're all criminals because they okay. steal people's stuff by wearing the disguise of a government employee. But I would encourage you and, and especially request you to uh, listen to Michael Gaddy on Saturdays on RBN at 4 p.m. Eastern and call in and challenge him. 
because he relies on source documents, not not my opinion or not my best guess, source documents, the corruption of the Constitution, which is a banker's instrument. And they had to fight like hell to get a Bill of Rights. So this Constitution, the Articles of Confederation was best because it, it made it so difficult for government employees to steal people's stuff. That's why they want. That's why the bankers wanted to get rid of it. So um, well, that's would, just my request to you. I, I I do plan to listen to Mike Gaddy because you're the third person in two weeks that has suggested that I do so. Um, I I probably won't be able to listen live, but I'll listen to the the podcast version of it after the fact, and I'll I'll. Uh, I appreciate it because government, these are nothing but liars and thieves out to steal your stuff. Um, I can argue there. It's it's just heartbreaking. I just, when when it comes to the Articles of Confederation, I'm like, you got to look at what's going on at the time. Like, the government couldn't get money for nothing. They had to rely on the benevolence of the states to, to give money. We almost lost the Revolutionary War because they wouldn't give money to to the army that was fighting for their freedom. We had then they couldn't pay pay the veterans, and you had revolts and rebellions across the country because they wouldn't pay the veterans of the war that won them their freedom. The Articles had some pretty significant flaws. I think. I think the Constitution was written with with the best of intentions. I think it's been perverted and ignored for far too long. I think if we go well, back it, to the to the meaning of the words at the time and forget the modern stuff, go back to what they meant at the time, read the intentions of the people that read it or wrote it. I I think it's I absolutely agree. one uh, but they disregarded the entire articles of confederation. If they would have kept, say, one thing where every state had to ratify every act of Congress before it went into force, that would have been something. But the states lost all their rights to, to, yeah, to do they, anything. The states didn't lose all their rights. But the idea of a unanimous declaration, a unanimous approval, is why they couldn't get anything done. Because they couldn't get yeah, all thirteen the, colonies, they're all thirteen states to ever ratify anything. But look at it. But look at it, what, what we've got today. We've I agree. Got states seizing land for a tax, and if the tax I, is a thousand dollars and your house is a hundred thousand dollars, they'll steal your hundred thousand dollar house for a thousand dollars. It's robbery. It's I agree, but that's your state, not the federal government. The Articles of Confederation wouldn't have changed that at all. But without the, state, the states being incorporated into the national government, the federal government, they couldn't do these things. But, why not? Uh, I've, but I do appreciate your study. I really do. So why, hold on. Before you run, ahead. like, why couldn't the state do that? If if there wasn't a, a national government structured the way it is today, because why? The land, the land was sold by patent, and the patent lists restrictions on the land. And nowhere in the patent does it allow a collateral attack on the land. The states can't steal your land because they have no authority. It's been patented. They have no every every square mile in the state of Michigan, except one square mile in the center of Cass Lake, 
was patented and sold before Michigan even became a state. Michigan has no authority to seize any land because it didn't even exist when the land was patented and sold. It's a criminal enterprise, and they're hiding they're hiding the abstracts of land all the way back to the patent. They're hiding it so they can steal it from you. I'm telling you, this is a massive criminal enterprise is what the Constitution allows. And not that the states were perfect because... All government employees are criminals. They were bankers and lawyers and, and uh, uh, land speculators. But well, at I least you, you were able to, to fight within your state. Now you can't even do that. Well, I, I agree with you that all governments are criminals. I don't, I don't see how the Articles of Confederation were any better than the Constitution in that regard. The, no, it just made it harder I, for the criminals... To, to play their games. Uh, I disagree. It's all about I, banking. It's all about I, banking and, and land grabs. Right. And under the Articles of Confederation, each state could print their own currency. So, so one so state... they live and die, but they, but they learn along the way. Right. And they made but, a gold standard. But when they live and, the they live and die and, li- and learn along the way, the state that has the ridiculously high infra- inflation because they printed way too much currency... Kind of like today. Um, yeah, but the people, people who, who gets hurt among themselves. But who gets people hurt in the trade among themselves? Go ahead. I'm sorry. But I'm just going to say the, it's you know we the people that get hurt in the process. So it's still the state government that was causing the problem. I I, I think. And the, I, I, don't know. I think I, what the problem is is that we fear God's judgment, and in, and because of that. We don't take them out and hang them or tar and feather them or throw them out of town. Oh, no, no. no the you and I agree. I, I think tarring and feathering needs to come back. The, the, the humiliation factor of, hey, you're a but crooked we're politician. we're not allowed to do it. Yeah, we'd, we'd be thrown in jail for life if we tried to do that. I, I agree. That's what they're doing to Trump. That's what, oh, that's, what they, that's what they're doing all the people in January 6th. I mean, what the, the, yes. the leader, the leader of the proud boys, I can't ever remember his name for some reason, but, but he got 15 years and he wasn't even there. Exactly. It's a criminal enterprise. And they're just showing us if you try to stop us criminals, just like Al Capone, if you don't, if you pay me, I won't let anybody else kill you. If you don't pay me, I got to kill you. And that's what the government is, and it's got to stop. But I don't Enrique know how. Torrio, that's right. And Enrique, Enrique Torrio, or that sounds right. Uh, from yeah. that's from Mike, Mike, our producer. I can't ever remember his name for some reason, but hey, but I, I, I agree with you. Not what, and nobody has guns, but it's an insurrection. <laughs> right. I know. If it's a, if that was an insurrection, it was the worst insurrection in the history of mankind. Um, I agree with you on like ninety percent of what you say. The only the only thing that I disagree with or question, I should say, is Constitution versus Articles. Like government is government. Government's corrupt because it's people are corrupt. Bankers corrupt everything, and. It, I don't think that the articles were any better. Well, I think that they they were tasked by the states to amend the Articles of Confederation and not to do away with it and come up with a whole new constitution. That was their task. And Agreed. many delegates left 
the Constitutional Convention. Right. That's why and the was... minutes of the convention, the minutes of the convention was sealed for fifty years. What does that tell you? I I agree with this, but then it goes to the point of, well, then you didn't have to ratify it. Yeah, if it but was that... you got bankers and lawyers as the government, the state agents that will profit from this land grab. What do you expect? Oh, well, it's just like today. And, and how and how many people were shot dead or, or done away with? Or you know, there's a lot we don't know that went on. But this was a criminal enterprise by bankers. That's what it was. That's been going on the, since the history of mankind. Yes, I agree with you. I, I, I don't know. I maybe I maybe I fell into the uh, the uh, the propaganda. Thank you, Mark. Um, maybe I Stop fell into the, the pro- flag. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I fell under the propaganda of of the Constitution is better than the Articles. That's possible, but that's well, what if, I believe. If, if we were if we were allowed to dig down into the actual record in the libraries of Congress and the other universities that have the records, we wouldn't have what we. We would all have guns, and there would be a bunch of dead guys that tried to steal our stuff. And there would be no more guys stealing our stuff because they they would do, they would end up dead. Well, there was a bunch of dead guys before the Constitution, and that's kind of why, part of why, part of why the Constitution was made. Rebellion and revolt within within a country is never a good sign. And that's what was going on. rebellion. Shay's Rebellion is the most famous and one of them, but it wasn't the only one. Correct. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I got Tom waiting in line behind you. Tom in Florida on line three, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, hello. Hey, Good evening two, to you. That's two good Florida evening. phone calls in a row. Yeah, listen, uh, what I got to say is uh, I, I have a dream. I, 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 I dream that I wish I could go back. I wish this country had gone back to 1890 before the Zionists got here to take over the whole damn thing, the banking system and every other thing. But here's the real thing. I, I have a dream um, that you need to talk about that nobody's talking about really today on RBN. It's about the, uh, the dreamers. A federal judge just ruled that O'Berry Sartorio, Hussein Obama's Dreamer Act is illegal. So what are they going to do with all these dreamers had dreams that come over here to take over the United States? Hey, wait a minute, they have to go back to their country Whoa, of origin. Slow down. Slow down. What? A, I said slow down. A federal judge just said that the Dreamer Act is unconstitutional? I didn't hear that one. I didn't see yes. that one. How did I miss yes, that? Yes, sir. You should, you should, yeah, can you look it up on your computer real quick? I, I sure can. Can you, can you tell me anything oh. more information-wise? Well, I can sur- hold on while you're doing it. I'll hold on while you're doing it, but I can tell you what's going on is... That's the second time he's ruled that it's, it's illegal. You remember Bill Clinton in 1996 says, we are a country of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. And you got to stand in line and wait your turn if it takes 10 years. He said that on the House floor when he gave us uh, State of the Union. Well, the federal judge yesterday ruled that the Dreamer Act is illegal again. And they, these people are, that was illegal with Barry Sortoro, Husseini Obama did. Now we'll see how the Congress is going to act. But according to this federal judge, who's already ruled now the second time, 
this is an illegal act, and if it has to go to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court's probably going to rule exactly what the federal judge is saying. It's an illegal act. All illegal. There's no such thing as sanctuary cities. That is a lie. No state has the right to have a state that's a sanctuary city. That's like saying if you rob a bank or you steal food out of a grocery store because you want to feed your family, do you have a sanctuary city to go to? If what happens if you're in a city that's not a sanctuary city right. and you steal a thousand dollars worth of food and you need diapers? And what, what would happen? I'm slowing down, guy. What would happen if uh, you stole a bunch of food? Are they going to put you in a sanctuary? Uh, I don't oh, know if you heard, sir. Uh, today in California, a lady stole some uh, baby formula and she burnt the whole store down. Cost a million and a half dollars in damage. Did you see that story, sir? I hadn't seen that one yet. But hang on. What what I was getting at is you're right. Sanctuary cities are completely unconstitutional. The Constitution basically, you know, clearly says that that if somebody commits a crime in one state, they have to be available for uh, extradition to to another state. So you can't have a sanctuary city. Completely agree with you there. Um, now, okay. Judge Hannon, 2021, Judge Hannon had declared the program DACA to be illegal. Biden administration tried to satisfy Hannon's concerns with a new version of DACA that came into effect in October of 2022. And then just this is I'm reading from a, two days ago. A, I'm reading from a PBS article. Eh, get that. I'm reading PBS from yesterday. And it uh-huh. says he had previously said it was unconstitutional and it would be up to Congress to enact legislation shielding the people under the program known as DREAMers. And the Biden administration didn't do that. I'm sorry. Congress didn't do that. The Biden administration tried to do it. So he did it. He again declared it unconstitutional. You are absolutely right. Why the hell is this not front page of every conservative Anywhere, well, everywhere. I'm asking you. I'm calling your show to give you the information. I like. I, I, I'm not trying to be rude or not, sir. But that's why I'm calling your show because nobody's talked about it today. And I, I knew about it today. I was calling Jim's show, but I was ranting about uh, the, uh, what's going on with all these illegals and the gang members in Los Angeles. And Peter from uh, Los Angeles probably knows more about it than I do. But I, I'm like seeing this. The Dream Act is illegal again. So what is going to happen? What is Congress? I mean, they're going to go for impeachment now. You got this imbecile Hunter Biden. Uh, Indicted three with three charges. Probably end up. Uh, he should do at least minimum four years. I'm saying on Fox News, he he might be doing four years in a joint, so which would be good for uh, for the country. And what they're doing to Donald Trump is a disgrace to the human race. But uh, again, you know, we're talking about who's behind this. Uh, uh, look what's going on in Israel. There were the other day. I don't know if you heard, sir heard, heard sir, but um, some black people, uh, black illegal uh, illegal immigrants in Israel, called some uh, mischief. And Najahu and the Israeli Knesset said, you cause one more problem, and you're all going to be deported back to Africa. Did you see that story? <laughs> no, but I generally don't pay attention to what goes on in Israel. Well, it, you know, the example is, they, they want you to, they, these schmucks over here want to flood your country with all these illegals, but they sure the hell don't want it in Israel. They sure, oh, right. sure and, they have a triple layer fence around the whole country over there in Israel. Oh, don't get me wrong, if there was anything... If, if there was anything I would want to learn from Israel, it would be border co- control, border policy. Um, yes, sir. That's right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. But with yeah, you. Um, so, uh, I highly yeah. recommend this. Like we need to, we need to scream this. I thank you for calling. We need to, we need to call every show, tell everybody about this. Like this is a federal judge who has now twice declared 
DACA, the D Deferred Action of Children of the, whatever, the Dreamers Act, um, has twice now declared unconstitutional, and as recently as two days ago. So if yes, DACA sir, can I ask is, your opinion then? Yeah. Well, your opinion then, if this is the truth now, we know how federal judges rule on this, that Congress gets a hold of this, the Congress has no right to say to any of those illegal DACA kids, you get to stay here. You've got to go back to your country of origin, like Billy Blythe Clinton said, and you've got to stand in line and do your paperwork properly because you came here illegally. Now, okay. what do these people in the Democrat Party not understand, these demon rats? Hey, All listen, right, hang on. Bill Clinton, even a Democrat, said you've got to stand in line and wait your turn. You're, we're a I, nation of law immigrants, but we're also a nation of laws. Now, you're going to wait your damn turn, and that's what these Democratic imbeciles don't understand. Now, these people that are DACA, I'm sorry that they came here, their parents are broke federal law, but you broke federal law. You're already a criminal. The parents were already criminals. So you want to come to this country with already a record of, of breaking federal law and want to be a citizen of the United States? Joe Biden and all that, all these demon rats that are behind us, are, are, they should be persecuted to the full extent of the law for what they have allowed right. here. This is, an, okay. this, is, this is not an invasion anymore, sir. This is a conquest. It's a conquest to take down white... And uh, white man, males and females, uh, Anglo-Saxon, Northern European stock males and females. Well, I, that's my opinion, because we are the majority. I don't want to hear about, I, I know. I mean, I love American Indians, you know, the Afro-American community. They, they, did their, they did a lot of great services for this country, no question about it. And you even got a lot of good schmucks. But I can tell you right now, we're the majority, the majority should rule. And the majority of the American white people in this country, I know they don't, are, they're not for this illegal invasion of our country. Bottom line. You broke federal law, you're going back to your country of origin. That was out of a Democrat president, Bill Clinton. I, I agree. You broke the law, you should have to go back to the country of origin. I agree. We are a rule of we are a nation of immigrants, but also a nation of laws. So wait in line. I agree with all of that. Yes. One thing that you said that I don't think is gonna work, not that I agree or disagree, but I don't think it's gonna work, is I don't think we can kick them all right out. Because the judges reading this article, one of the biggest problems that this judge has with the, the, uh, the DACA Dreamers Act is the fact that it's not law. The fact that it was done by presidential edict, i.e., you know, executive order, it wasn't passed as law. If Congress passes it as law, then most of this judge's argument goes away. I kind of have to agree with you on somewhat, but I, let me ask you a question. You're, you saw, you're a very intelligent man. I can tell that. You're probably mental. I don't know what you are. But I can tell you this. I don't know what I am. Maybe I am. A, uh, you know, Michael Rivero is definitely a mental man. I buy my, my opinion. Michael Rivero. Now, I got to say this. Um, you know, these people that came here in the Dreamer Act, and we got to look at the big picture here. We got to really study this as, as like, you're a, co you're a host of a show, and you're super intelligent, and you could spew this out to the other, uh, uh, the host of the RBN. These, these illegals came here as the Dreamer Act, correct? These kids were dreamers, and they all, now, they all speak English. They were that, and during, during the country they came from, they were basically all Hispanic, okay, majority of them. Why don't they go back to their country? Now that they got the English language, they have a, they have a multicultural language now. Why don't they go back to their countries of origin and make their countries better? Costa Rica, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, Mexico. They got, now they, they now don't have to go look at it at one mindset of speaking English. Hey, you, I mean, Spanish, you speak English now. 
So do something. If your Spanish government ain't going to work, you switch your English language and you make all your, all your Central American and Mexico English. Evidently, they'd be way better off speaking English in all those countries than Spanish because the Spanish language was not working for them. That's why they're all coming here. That's my opinion. You speak English, you go get all your newspapers in English now in Mexico and Central America. You make English your official language instead of Spanish, and maybe your countries won't be so corrupted. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But I tell you what, they got to do something. And why are these people coming here? What is the main reason they're coming here? These all these illegals. Why? Why don't they stay in their own? Mexico has more uh, fertile farmland, sir, than the United States. You know that? I know they, they've all fall, fallen for the American dream. They all they all come here for the freedom. The and and now mo, more recently they come here for the handouts. They come here for the free health care and exactly free cell phones exactly. and all of the incentives put up by the Biden administration. Thank you very much, Tom. I greatly appreciate your call. Getting close to the end of the show, I'm going to have to let you go. But have a nice evening. You, you too, sir. Greatly appreciate that call. I had not seen this yet. This federal judge has uh, has declared the entire thing illegal again. U.S. District Judge Andrew Hannon, H-A-N-E-N, agreed with Texas and eight other states that were suing the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA, program. Because uh, one, his, his main argument is that uh, it was done by executive order. It was not passed by Congress. And, oh, wait, that's how things are supposed to work, is we're supposed to go through Congress to make laws and rules. And the executive branch, i.e. the president, is supposed to enforce laws and rules. They're not supposed to make up their own. They're supposed to support and enforce the ones passed by Congress. And, yeah, interesting. What I really also find it interesting that when I searched for it, the first article that popped up was from PBS, which is not normally one of the sources that I would go to for any news ever. But something worth looking into. Look into the recent court cases about DACA. Everybody should look into that. And uh, it is time for me to go for the evening. If you're listening live on Republic Broadcasting Network, please stay tuned for Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett. Thank you to my guest, Paul and Scott, for joining me tonight. Thank you to Mike, my producer. I could not do this show without you. And thank you most of all to you, my listeners and callers. You're why we do this show. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. We must take the At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company, much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and we're honored to work with our affiliates like Liberty Lighthouse to bring you professional laser engraving and customization. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow Romica Designs and Liberty Lighthouse to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. 
Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. All you have to do is simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com and use promo code LIGHTHOUSE during checkout to support Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Seraphine.